Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Okay, I think I'm on, right? I always do that, like every time. Because I started saying, hey, let's make a bet. What's Pastor Dan's going to say when he started? That's going to be, is he on? Am I on? Am I on? I am on. So um, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for such a great day. Thank you for just loving us and being there for us and for your grace and your mercy and for your provision and for your peace and for your healing and for all that you bring to us through, through your son, Yeshua. Father, I just thank you that, that you're with me and that, that you're guiding us and leading us and just doing things beyond what we can imagine. And we give you the praise. Holy Spirit, speak through me this morning. In Yeshua's name, amen. amen. Okay, before I start, I want to make a reminder. We do have some opportunities available to you if you'd like to help serve. There's um, C. Jim Fitch. We've got um, one or two people doing a lot of jobs, and we're trying to to delegate some of that stuff, to take some pressure off some people. So if, if you feel called, want to get involved, or if you're out there and you're like, man, I've been wanting a church to plug into. I've been wanting somewhere to find something, something to do. Hey, come here. Got a clue. We got lots of stuff that you can plug in and fulfill your calling and your ministry. So um, if you're here, get a hold of Jim Fitch. If you're out there, email, can they can email or yeah, email us or reply on Facebook or however you're seeing this, and, and um, we'll get back to you. So anyway, okay. With that being said, I lost my note. I don't know where I was, so now I guess I won't have anything to preach. <laughs> Ooh, you're like, well, we ain't that lucky. <laughs> so, um, it, I'm going to start off, I guess, a new year again, right? <laughs> and so, this is my third new year being Jewish. <laughs> but still, I, I'm going to embrace it and enjoy it. Again, it's really cool having New Year's, but God gives us a new day every day. Yeah. So if you didn't like yesterday, guess what we can do? We can restart. Say, because his mercies are new every morning. Everything happened yesterday is in the past. There's, a, there's seasons that we go through where, where we can get stuck in yesterday or a month ago or whatever had gone on, you know, 10 years ago. And when you are, what you're doing is you're riding in a spaceship, man. You time travel. Because you're, what, what we do is we hinder ourselves because we're stuck in that place. Maybe we're stuck in a place of hurt or stuck in this mindset that, that I don't have enough or God's not enough or I'm not enough. Or, or stuck in just in, in all the stuff that's going on and we get hindered instead of going forward. And so in this new year, like I love New Year's. Because of that, because we get to reset. Everybody wants to reset. And on January 1st, 
at midnight, right? Everybody's got a clean slate and has kept their resolution at least for one minute, <laughs> right? And so, but what, what in your life, like why do we have a resolution? What are they saying? I want this year to not be like last year. I want this time in my life not to be like it was then. You, you know what that means? That means there's stuff that has gone on in our life that we don't like. It, like, anybody in here, am I the only one? Is there stuff that you didn't like about last year? I mean, right. And so the last thing that I want to do to be productive is live in last year. The last thing I want to do to be productive is to live yesterday or even in the last few minutes. Why? Because we will drag that stuff with us. I remember there was a king, and his name was Saul, and he was out chasing donkeys, by the way. And God sent, God sent, sent the prophet to go anoint him. He said, sent, go get him. And so he's out here chasing donkeys. He's the lowliest of the lowly. And when they found him, do you know where they found him? The Bible says they found him hiding behind the baggage. Now that is not the dude I would pick to be a king. <laughs> right? Not only did God, not just because of his station, the least tribe, the least of the least of the least, but because, man, he's out chasing things, trying to catch things, number one. Not focused. I mean, maybe he's focused. Maybe he's trying to catch stuff that he lost. And then when he finds out that God's going to promote him, what's he doing? He's hiding behind his baggage. What's he hiding behind? He's hiding behind those things that, that we can drag with us. Like we, we have hang-ups and we have mistakes and then we've got this thing that happened to us in the past. Well, this happened to me back in 1908. <laughs> Or this happened to my great-great-great-grandma. Or this happened here. And it's a baggage that we drag with us. Not just hide. Like, at least he is hiding behind his. But we drag it with us. And then we put it up here. And we put it as a front. And what it does is it becomes a blockade to our present and our future. And we can never get past that blockade because we're stuck living where, where we don't belong. And that's hard. That's really hard. God doesn't want us to live in the past moment, let alone the past year. And all of us. Like, like is this too real? Because like, I'm challenging all of us. Not just you guys, but me too. Not, not just you guys there and you guys out there, but I want to challenge everybody that I run into. You are God's highest form of creation. He loves you beyond measure because He sent His Son, His only Son, the Son whom He loved to die for you so that you can have hope. He says, I come to give you hope. When's hope? Hope's right now. Hope's right when everything in your world's crashing around you or it doesn't look good or you're having trouble struggling with things or maybe you're so depressed you can't even crawl out of bed or, or even take the next step or maybe you're sick and it doesn't look like you're going to have any healing, or maybe you're broke, man, but you're not poor because you have Jesus and His provision. So, 
So God wants to do so much greatness in our lives if we'll just connect with Him and see, you know what? I'm not going to live and stay in my baggage, but I'm going to live in Him and walk through Him and stay present. The Bible says that He's an ever-present help. He doesn't say He's an ever-past help. Right? He's an ever-present help. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. You know what he's saying? It's like all you got to do, like maybe it's dark, maybe you can't see anything, but all you know is take one more step. Just take one more step. I had a rabbi tell me a story that they took this group to Israel, and in Israel they have this cave, and they take the people in the cave, but you go in in the, in the dark, and, and they tell you, you need to hug the walls and stay close to the walls, because if you get too far over, it's like a 500-foot drop, and you're done. So they'll take, these, take the people through the cave, and as they're going through the cave, man, they can't see anything. All they've got is the wall. And so they're going along the wall, hanging on to it. Why would you even do that anyway? I mean, seriously? I mean, what, what in the world? Why? Why? Right? Why would you do that, right? So they're, they're touching the walls as they go around, hanging on, and, and then some of them start freaking, like in every group, screaming and yelling, and, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. And, and pretty soon they're like, just calm down, it's okay. And they turn the lights on. And there's no hole. It's flat all the way across. They never once were going to die. Why? Because the light shined. It was in their mind. You know, we fight a lot of battles that aren't even our battles. That don't even exist. Because we're fighting them in our minds. Am I the only one that's ever done that? So God says, look, you're righteous. You're, you're, you're redeemed. You're saved. You're mine. And he says, he who began a good work is able to keep it. So you didn't start this and you don't have to finish it. And that's good news. That's really good news for us. So he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of what? Of our minds. And that's pretty good news, right? Why? What's he saying? Um, you'll find per- he, he, he will find perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. The Bible also says... Um, Love cast out all fear. Perfect love cast out all fear. So you're finding, if you want perfect peace and perfect love, you're going to find it in one place, and his name's Yeshua. His name's Jesus. And so we can have that hope. But this morning, I want to challenge us for this year to let this be this year. Let this day, let this season, let this time be our time. Remember Mordecai in the Bible, the story of Esther and Mordecai. 
Like, like the king's going to kill all the Jewish people. And Esther was promoted to be the queen of the entire country, right? She, she has favor with the king. And Esther come, come to him and said, hey, they're going to kill everyone. Or Mordecai come to Esther. And, and Mordecai said, what if you were born for such a time as this? And if you don't do it, God's going to send someone else. But what if you were born for this season and this time? What if you're it? This is your time. This is your season. This is your year. And like Mordecai, I say, what if you were born for such a time as this? You know what she did? She risked. She had to risk her life. And she risked her life and saved an entire nation. You're not. Not always an easy road to trust God and go where he tells you. Sometimes they get you thrown into a fiery furnace or a lion's den or, or going between, before a king hoping he puts the scepter out or maybe it puts you on a ship that's going to crash at an island and then you're going to get snake bit. (laughs) But in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. All his promises are maybe. (laughs) No, all of his promises are yes and amen. So that means that he's given us hope and a future. And that's really good news. We need that hope right now. In this world. In our own lives. In everything going on around us. I'm telling you there's hope. telling you God is not mad at you. No matter where you're at. No matter what you've done. No matter what you're going through. God is not mad at you. He sent his own son. The son whom he loved to give his life for you so that you can find eternal life. Now there's good news in Esther's story and in Daniel's story and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's story, right? Because even though they went through a fiery furnace, he had the promise and God was with them and God brought them out greater on the other end. Like they, It's like, oh yeah, you know, you know God and you're going to go through these struggles but you're going to burn in that fire or you're going to be lunch for a bunch of kitty cats or, or that king, he's going to chop your head off. Right? Really comes down to this. Where's your heart at? You know, my wife's been watching a show about Mary of Scots. Anybody know? She is a queen of Scotland, right? And it's like all the history that goes behind that. And you think about it, she ended up losing her head, man. Not like she went nuts. Or just like, she, they literally chopped her head off in the long run. That she was talking about, um, she was watching a, a documentary from Israel, and this guy was walking through Israel, and as he's walking through Israel, he goes um, by these different places talking about where he is, and he says, this is a Scottish church, and Linda's like, a Scottish church in Israel? Why was there a Scottish church in Israel? And he goes, yeah, Norman, the Bruce's heart is buried in this church. And Linda's like, Whoa, wait a second. How did, and then we realized it was the Crusades, right? 
And so, but it made me think, he loved that place so much that he buried his heart there. Where are you burying your heart? Where are you putting your heart? What are you willing to lose your head for? Are you willing to trust God and know that even if you go through the fiery furnace, even if they chop your head off, even, even if they hang you on a cross, that there's a hope and a future? Because I'm telling you, there is. Pastor James, that's not real encouraging. <laughs> yeah, it is, because it's telling us we're made for this season. We're not made to not face anything, but we're made to overcome stuff. And to overcome stuff means that we have to have some stuff to overcome. The reason that I, I wanted to do cold starting challenges was not to prove to everybody else that I'd gotten hit by a truck and hadn't been able to move hardly for a year and a half, let alone, let alone ride. The first horse I got on after I felt like I could ride enough was an unstarted colt. Why? Because I wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. And I, I will be honest with you, as I was driving to the first, first one, I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die today. But you know what? I didn't die. And I could feel God with me the entire time. God is going to challenge us in ways in places that we don't think we can do it. And if we're not being challenged in that way, then we're stuck. If everything that we do or you do is based on what you can do, you're stuck. And I don't ever want to be stuck. Another reason I like planting churches is another reason I like pastoring. I like challenges. I, I, like, I like the impossibilities because I know that God's in the impossibilities. Now, when I say I like it, I don't always like the process. <laughs> right? There's things that, that really stink about it. Like I like playing football, but I hated practice. <laughs> I hated two-a-days. But it was fun. Showing off, proving that we could run through paper before the football game. <laughs> right? All those two days and hard work and practices just so we could run through paper. If we couldn't run through the other team, at least we'd run through paper, right? <laughs> but these challenges are not to set us back, but they're to propel us forward. If we will learn to not bring the past with us which is a challenge in itself. Yeah. I go, Pastor James, if my past wasn't bad, it was good. I'm telling you, if you're hanging on to the good stuff too, you know, we got these championship football games coming on, and the great coaches will tell them, celebrate for one day after the victory, and then let it go. It's in the past. Why? Because they got another game coming up. And that's just a memory now. He don't want them living in the memory. He wants them concentrating on the present so they're prepared for the battle in the future so that they can conquer and win that. It's good when you're down. Like David, he was at a little place called Ziglag. You guys remember, ever heard that story? He was, he was 
off fighting a battle that wasn't his battle in the first place. And while he was gone, the enemy comes in and takes all the men's wives, all their children, all their stuff, and he comes back to nothing. And when he got back, his men were mad. They were getting ready to do the Mary Scott thing to him. They are going to chop his head off or kill him, right? And he was upset at himself. And it says that he was discouraged. And I can imagine, I can see David sitting there. Can anybody ever feel like that? Anybody ever, ever, like there's been times in my life where I've sat in my truck and cried. So God, if you don't show up, I ain't going another step forward. Like, am I the only one that, is that too real? If we're not real, we're wasting our time. That's where David was. He was sitting there. And, and everybody was mad at him. No one wanted to follow him no more. He was mad at himself on top of that. They're hurting the loss because their family's gone. Everything they had is gone in just a minute like that. Maybe you're listening and you've lost everything. Maybe you're sitting in your house or your car listening to this and you're crying. And you're saying, God, if you don't show up, I'm telling you, God says that he's going to make a way where there seems no way. Pick up your head and keep moving forward. And so David sat in there, this place at Ziglag, and I can imagine him going and sitting down. And the Bible actually says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. You know why David encouraged himself? Because he had no one else encouraging. <laughs> right? Sometimes you're it. Right? So he sits there. I can imagine the heartbreak and the tears and the hurt. And, and this one that God called. And he's like, man, I don't know what to do and I don't know where to go. And, and he started what, rehearsing he all in his mind and even the dogs were crying. And then he's, the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know what he was doing? He was going back and he was saying, wait a second, I remember when I was a shepherd boy and I was down with my sheep and it looked really bad because this lion come down. And I killed a lion. And then I remember there's this bear one time, man, and it come out of the woods and like I didn't know I could even kill a bear. I'm just a little shepherd boy. And you know what? I killed the bear. And he's like, wait a second. Like I remember when Goliath would walk into the middle of that valley and point to Israel and mock my God and my people. And I took a stone, one stone, and I dropped him and cut his head off. The Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Then he went and got the ephod, and he put it on. And it's got like the 12 stone, there's a lot to it. And he liked the seeking guy. I love that, that he put that on. It's almost like it covers his heart. You know what he was doing? He was covering his heart. The Bible says, what do, what do we have? We have the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness. He knew when he had that on that he was righteous in God. And he was using that as a shield from everything that was coming around him. Right? And then he said, what do I do, Father? 
What do I do, God? And you know what God told me? He's like, I would run because they're getting ready to cut your head off. <laughs> right? No, he said, pursue, for you shall overtake them and without fail recover all. That's what God's saying to you. I remember years ago, my kids were little, and I'd had a chance to move over outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I had taken a, um, <clears throat> taken a horse training job up there. It's a miracle. I had to take a train all the way from Newton, Kansas. Some of the Kansas people might know where that is, to Pittsburgh. And that's like a long train ride, right? And I did that because they had blown so many world champion trainers in. That, that they didn't have a lot of money, and I wanted a chance to get in front of these guys' face. So I was like, look, I'll, I'll pay for it myself. Or they're like, no, we'll, we'll find a cheaper way. So I found a train, right? And I went up there and, and interviewed for the job and come back on the train, and I got it. The only problem was I was broke. Am I ever been there? It's like, I had a family to move, I had stuff to move, and I had three weeks to do it in, and no money. I barely had enough money for gas and food. So I just started saying, Father, what do I do? And he gave me this word. He said, pursue, for you shall overtake them, and without fail recover all. So I was like, okay, Father, I'm going to go forward, and I'm going to step out, and I'm going to trust you. And I was like, where do I go? And, he, and up in, the, in Oklahoma, where by we live, there's a horse track. It's a car track, too. It wasn't very far from my mom and dad's house. And so I was like, there's horses there. I need horses to start. I'll go start some horses, and then I'll just like, like, like be set, right? And then I can go. And so God's like, yeah, this is where I want you to go. So I'm seeing in my mind these people with the horses so I can get just enough to get up there. So I pull in, drive through. No one's there. No one's there. It's like, oh, man, I miss God. So I drove back to my house. And I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself. The next morning, God's like, I want you to go there. This must be gas again, because I went yesterday, and God told me to go there. And so, I was like, okay, I'll go. You know, sometimes God's just seeing if we're going to trust him. If you've got to have a result every time God tells you to do something, you're not going to get very far. If you have to see the fruits every time, you're not going to get very far. So the next morning, do you know what I did? I got up and I went again. And guess what? There was someone there. But I was like, hey, thank God someone's here. I was like, hey, you wouldn't happen to have any cults to start? And I told him what I was doing. And I was like, I just want to get these things started so I can get some money because I got a job up here. And, and, and um, he's like, man, I got a bunch of cults, but I ain't ready to have them started yet. I was like, that was not how I planned this. <laughs> so I went home again. And I got in the Word. And God gave me that scripture again. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail cover all. The next morning, I get up. I'm like, well, i got to find somewhere else to go. And God says, 
I want you to go back there. It's like, okay, God. Now you're getting on my nerves. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? Now this, like, I've done what you've told me to do. I've gone where you've told me to go. And I don't see any results. And in case you know, you're an attorney, but I'm in time. Like, the clock is ticking. Something's got to change here, right? And so I'll never forget it. The third day, and I don't know why it was the third day I went back. And I went there, it was the same guy. And there was another person over there, and he goes, he goes, hey, your name's James, right? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, you know what? I changed my mind. He's like, I got some coals for you to ride. Not only do I have some coals for you to ride, but I was at my vets, and I was telling them about you coming by, and they've got some coals for you to ride. And I was like, I don't have room to ride all these things. So I called a customer, and he had like a little barn. So I literally had to borrow stalls and go set them up and put the horses and I ended up making $2,300 in two weeks, which at, at that time in my life, if I made that in four months, it was a lot of money. And then I'm getting ready to go. I finished that up. I'm getting ready to go on my way to, to um, Pennsylvania. As I'm getting ready to go to Pennsylvania, my church pastor called me. He's like, James, well, I want to meet with you after church. And so I'm like, okay. And so I come in after church and he goes, hey, we just want to let you know that we love you and appreciate you. And they gave me a check for $500 to help send us off. Not only that, I'm in this big truck and I have this little black, I don't know, it's not a Hyundai, it started with a K back then, I can't remember the name of it, but this little car, it was just a little cheap, affordable car. And a, I don't remember if it was a Kia, I can't remember even the name of the car. It's like, I don't even think they, Daihatsu. It was a Daihatsu. Yeah, a little Daihatsu. And so we put, hooked it up onto the back of the truck, and we're, we're taking off driving. And gas was expensive, and I was thinking, it's going to be like four or $500 in gas. I got there on $118 worth of gas. Didn't have money for a deposit for that. For, for, wasn't sure how much a deposit and the electric and everything was going to be. And the guy who brought me up there, his sister owned the real estate company. She goes, no, you can just come in and just start paying by the month. You don't even need the first, last, and deposit. And God just made a way. I'm telling you this because there's hope in your life. God's telling you when you think you're down and you're over, He's saying, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them without fail recover all he's faithful but are you going to trust him remember what I was talking about staying present if any point in that time I would have said well on the second or third day if I would have said well it didn't work yesterday and if I would have stayed where I was I'm not sure I would have made it I mean God would have provided me some other way but it wouldn't have been that good of cool of a story or I wouldn't have learned to trust him like I do. Why? Because he's good, man. And what we got to realize is he doesn't just do good stuff to us for us. He does good stuff for us so we can be a blessing to others too.
And that's what ended up happening. Are you going to trust him? Are you going to trust him even when you can't see? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. And it's funny, that's what our shield is. If I want a shield, I want something that I can see. But maybe faith is seen. Because you're not seen in your circumstances, but you're seen through God's Word. You guys remember us talking in Luke about a young lady named Mary. She minding her own business. And this angel appears and says, Mary, blessed and favored are you. I guarantee you it was not fun for her. Okay, let me read that. There's a, actually, I'll just short on time, so I'll just tell you the story. How's that? It's in Luke chapter 1, actually. So here Mary is, and the angel comes to her. Mary, guess what? You're going to have a baby. She's like, ah, excuse me. I don't know a man. How can this be? And your King James says, I don't know a man. How many of us say, when we're facing an impossible situation, well, I don't know a man. I don't know a way, a way for man to do this for me. I don't know a way that this can be done in earthly way. That's what she's saying. There's no earthly way. Has you ever hear that? Like I'd ask my mom or dad, but when I was younger, and their favorite, my dad's favorite saying was, "There is no earthly way you're doing that." <laughs> right? And I was like, "There's hope then," because <laughs> I've heard you preach. Right? That's what she's saying. There's no earthly way for this to come about, and that's when the Holy Spirit says, "No, you don't have to worry about an earthly way." just like in the beginning of creation. The Bible says in the beginning, actually I'll read it to you. It says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now there's no man. There was no man created. There was no man's resources. In fact, there was no resources here on earth except water. And guess what you're made of a lot? Dirt and water, although it is dirt from Eden, right? So you're made from paradise dirt. (laughs) So when your wife says, I'm made of bone and you're made of dirt, you can say, yeah, but it's paradise dirt, (laughs) right? There's nothing there. No way man or anyone else could do anything for him. God didn't have. He couldn't call disaster relief or 911 or, or, or get a bill passed for support. Or It was without form. It was void. Sometimes we feel like that. Sometimes our situations look like that even though we don't feel like that. 
God gave Mary a promise and He said, that, said, said you're going to have a baby. You know what? She was pregnant with a promise. And that promise came from God Himself. That promise was just not for her, but for every person who was to ever come after her. What's His promises for you? In those places that seem dark and formless and void, God says His Spirit's hovering over that. How do we do that? I'll continue that next week. Like, I love that. Maybe, if I remember. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit hovering over her. What are you dreaming about? What's in your heart? What's in your heart that looks impossible? Maybe it looks void. Maybe it looks dead. God's saying, nah, one breath from me. I'm still the God who can breathe life into anything that needs life breathed into. I can still take dirt and breathe life into it and look at man made in his image. Those hurts, those past, God's like, I'm going to breathe life into it because I want you to live right now. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all these things come in. What's he saying? Stay present in your righteousness in me. Seek my provision. Don't worry about your own works or your own ways. Even if you can't do it, I've got a billion other ways and resources to do things. And you'll be sitting there like the dude who, who came up with cookies and cream the patent. He was walking in the grocery store. Got an idea from the Holy Spirit. Dropped down, downloaded to him. He patented it, and he's a millionaire over one ideal. And now he helps people all over the place. What is God doing in your heart and your life? He's not limited. And if he's not limited, neither are you. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for loving us and being so kind and gracious to us. Lord, I just pray that you bless us and keep us and let your face shine upon us. In the mighty name of Yeshua, amen. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.com dot o r g